verse 1 to 9, and then we will skip to chapter 26 from verse 1 to 17, and then skip down to verses 26 to 37. Okay. The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. These are the offerings you are to receive from them. Gold, silver and bronze, blue, purple and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red and another type of durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breast peace. Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all these furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. Then we go to chapter 26. Make the tabernacle with ten curtains of finely twisted linen and blue, purple and scarlet yarn, with cherubim woven woven into them by a skilled worker. All the curtains are to be the same size, 28 cubits long and 4 cubits wide. Join five of the curtains together and do the same with the other five. Make loops of blue material along the edge of the end curtain in one set and do the same with the end curtain in the other set. Make 50 loops on one curtain and 50 loops on the end curtain of the other set with the loops opposite each other. Then make 50 gold clasps and use them to fasten the curtains together that the tabernacle is a unit. Make curtains of goat hair for the tent over the tabernacle, 11 altogether. All 11 curtains are to be the same size, 30 cubits long and 4 cubits wide. Join five of the curtains together into one set and the other six into another set. Fold the sixth curtain double at the front of the tent. Make 50 loops along the edge of the end curtain in one set and also along the edge of the end curtain in the other set. Then make 50 bronze clasps and put them in the loops to fasten the tent together as a unit. As for the additional length of the tent curtains, the half curtain that is left over is to hang down at the rear of the tabernacle, the tent curtains will be a cubit longer on both sides. What is left will hang over the sides of the tabernacle so as to cover it. Make for the tent a covering of ram skins dyed red, and over that a covering of the other durable leather. Make upright frames of acacia wood for the tabernacle. Each frame is to be ten cubits long and a cubit and a half wide with two projections set parallel to each other. Make all the frames of the tabernacle in this way. And let's go to 26. Also make crossbars of acacia wood, five for the frames on one side of the tabernacle, five for those on the other side, and five for the frames on the west. At the far end of the tabernacle, the, the center crossbar is to extend from end to end at the middle of the frames, 
overlay the frames with gold and make gold rings to hold the crossbars. Also overlay the crossbars with gold. Set up the tabernacle according to the plan shown you on the mountain. Make a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen with cherubim woven into it by a skilled worker. Sorry. Hang it with gold hooks on four posts of acacia wood overlaid with gold and standing on four silver bases. Hang the curtain from the clasp and place the Ark of the Covenant law behind the curtain. The curtain will separate the holy place from the most holy place. Put the atonement cover on the Ark of the Covenant law in the most holy place. Place the table outside the curtain on the north side of the tabernacle and put the lampstand opposite it on the south side. For the entrance to the tent, make a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen, the work of an embroiderer. Make gold hooks for this curtain and five posts of acacia wood overlaid with gold and cast five bronze bases for them. This is the word of God. Well done, Celine. If you can have your Bibles open, uh, we're going through the Exodus, uh, the whole book, uh, even these uh, bits. But let's pray that God will speak to us uh, through this passage. Lord, we give you great praise and thanks for your word, um, that every part is your inspired word. And Lord, we pray that as we come to the construction of Tabernacle, that we might see your glory and we might see what you have done for us, that we might live to praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to do three sermons uh, from uh, 25 all the way to 38 in the next couple of weeks. And so if you have your Bibles open, I'm sure it'll help you uh, as we go through it. Um. When my family immigrated to the U.S., we moved to this gigantic mansion that had a huge front yard. It had a fireplace. Uh, It had a porch there. It even had a playground in the backyard. The house was quintessentially American. But inside, what we brought was slightly different. There was something that I know that no sort of Caucasian American would have in their home. A piece of furniture that only Korean families would have. Can anybody guess what it is? Huh? A chest. Uh, No, um, a good guess. (laughs) It's related to food. (laughs) Very good. At some point in our time in the U.S., we bought a kimchi refrigerator. For those of you who don't know what it is, it's a refrigerator dedicated for kimchi. Um, Well, this sort of thing happened all around the U.S., right? As immigrants come in, they bring a piece of their home, piece of their country to the U.S., And in a way, that's what happened in these chapters we just read, except that it was God who came to live on earth amongst his people. And last last week, if you weren't there, uh, do take a listen. Uh, Last week you heard about how God made a covenant through his people, and God confirmed that relationship. And they saw the presence of God, and they ate with God. They were in the presence of God. 
God was their God and Israel was God's people. And having forged the covenant, God wanted more than a long-distance relationship. He wanted to live in the, right in the middle, in their midst. So he commanded the Israelite, Israelites to build a house for him. And you heard that in chapter 25, verse 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. Several words are used to describe this place. Sanctuary is one of them, a holy place, a place of worship. Tent of meeting is another word for it, where God promised to meet God's people there. But oftentimes, uh, it's primarily, it's, it's, it's a tabernacle. And that tabernacle word, uh, that word is literally, that word that's used in verse 9, literally is just a dwelling place. It's a living place. It's a home for God. God wanted a tent, a home where he would live in the middle of their, uh, God's people. And that's what God commanded them to build in verse 9, exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all its furniture. And then God gave a detailed explanation of how to build it, the blueprint. He showed it in chapter 26, didn't he? how big it's supposed to be, how many rooms it's supposed to have, uh, what kind of uh, tent covering that it should have, how many layers and what the layers should be made out of. We don't have time to read it, but uh, chapter 27 will go into the courtyard. Uh, What would be right outside of that house, in that courtyard? Not only that, not only does God tell Moses what to make. Uh, He gave a certain people the uh, skills. He inspired certain uh, people uh, with the skills to make it too. If you turn, if you have your Bibles, turn to chapter 31. If you turn there in the very beginning of the chapter, you'll see uh, the name Bezalel and Oholiab. And these are two people that God inspired. This is what um, he says. He, we're told that God gave, filled Uh, them with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence and with the knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic design, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones and carving wood, to work in every craft, right? One person to make the tent, another person to make all the furniture. God inspired them, gave them the skills so that they could make God's house. The point is, They couldn't take any creative license in building it. They couldn't make it however they wanted to make it. They could only make it as how God instructed them to do so. In fact, to make sure that this happens, God doesn't just tell. God shows, right? Going back to chapter 26, chapter 26, verse 30, God there shows Moses the, the, the finished work. So he could build it in the right way. Well, why does God give such detailed outline as we've seen? The the rings, the 50 rings made out of um, gold and how many pieces it should be and all of that. Why does God do that? Why is he so picky? Is he just picky? Is he just obsessive, compulsive that he couldn't live any other way? Does he favor acacia wood and gold and silver? No. But remember, remember last week, what happened when the heaven met, came down to earth? When heaven met the earth, you saw uh, that that place, how it turned. uh, Right underneath of God's feet, the pavement turned into uh, a street. It looked like made out of lapis lazuli, that bright blue. Uh, When heaven meets the earth, the earth is transformed. The earth changes. It reflects God's glory. 
Well, this dwelling place was the place where heaven met the earth, when heaven came down. So God instructed Moses in detail. He inspired uh, uh, Bezalel and Ohaliab to do the heavenly work, to bring heaven down to earth. And the result, result would have been uh, that impression. It would have given you that impression. It was heaven on earth. One would enter the courtyard through the screen uh, of blue and purple and scarlet yarn, finely uh, twined linen embroidered with needlework. Uh, These days, we aren't too impressed uh, by uh, linen work, fine linen. But remember in the old days, I remember going to... um, these, uh, the, the English palaces, right? They have, uh, they, they hang these um, uh, embroidery, tapestry work because uh, they were only reserved for the rich. They couldn't make these fine linen for poor people. And, but this is the finest, the finest linen uh, that they, 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 could, uh, they, they could see and feel as they would have entered through. And it was in the color of the uh, royalty, blue, purple, and scarlet. If one had the privilege of not just going into the courtyard, but into uh, the holy place, it would have entered through another drapery made out of the same linen, same cloth, but inside would have been splendid. If you looked above, if you looked above, you would see the first layer of the covering of the tabernacle, which is described in chapter 26, verse 1, finely twisted linen and blue, purple and scarlet yarn with cherubim woven into them. We don't know exactly what cherubim wore, but they certainly weren't fat babies with, with wings. They're these angelic creatures with great power and majesty. And if you looked above, you would see them flying around in the, in the, in the sky of purple, blue, and scarlet. It was heaven. And all around would have been beams made out of acacia wood, uh, as we see in verse 15. But you wouldn't see any of the wood inside because they're all overladen with gold. Although the base of them would be in silver, God is glorious and his dwelling place would be glorious, would reflect him. It would be peace of his glory, glorious of heaven here on earth, likes which was never seen before. It would say, God lives here. God lives here in your midst. The heaven was brought down among your midst. That's the message. And this is a revolutionary thing since, since Adam and Eve. Remember, God, they were separated from God. They were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And God did not and could not live amongst the sinful people. But here was, for the first time since the history, since history, since the creation, God was in their midst again. God lived among the people again. And God brought heaven down to earth for them. Except that no one saw it. No one saw it. For most people, outside of the tent, was all that they would have seen. They would have seen the tent walls and they would have seen the top of the holy place. But that's what, that's what most, of, most people would have seen. Even if uh, you were to walk into the courtyard, you couldn't actually see the glories inside. Um, we talked about the innermost layer, how beautiful it was, how it was laden with uh, cherubim flying around in the holy place. But on top of that were three more layers, as we see in verse 7. 
the goatskin layer, and three more layers, uh, two more layers mentioned in verse 14. Ramskin dyed with red and durable leather, probably some sort of leather that is rainproof. From even inside of the courtyard, that's all you would have seen. You would have seen the tent covering outside and the entrance, and that was it. Only the priests could go into the holy place where the table of the bread of presence and menorah uh, candlelights were lit. But even he couldn't see the holy place. As you can see, it's separated because one-third of the holy place is the holy of holies. The most holy place, 15 by 15 by 15 square uh, cube, um, cube, cubic st- structure where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the cherubim and the mercy seats were, mercy seat was, the place where God promised to meet his people, but no one could go in. No one could see it. It was separated by another veil, according to chapter 26, verse 31. And this veil was effectively a do not enter sign. The other, other veils had a slit into them, right? You could go in and out, but this one had no slit. In order to go into the Holy of Holies, you had to actually remove one of the pegs and go around it. It wasn't meant to be an entrance. It was a sign that said, don't enter this. The inner room, the Holy of Holies, was never seen by anyone except the high priest once a year. Only after all the sacrifices for himself and for the people of Israel, all of the washing, and, and it was only then he could go in. Once a year. Most people never, never saw the inside of the holy place. Most people didn't even see the courtyard. All they could see was the outside, from outside where God dwelt in their midst. I once visited uh, Hampton uh, Court Palace uh, when I lived in London. I remember going to see the king's bedroom chamber, which is right there. But in order to go into the king's bedroom chamber, right, you actually had to go through all these other rooms. This is the first, let's see, the, 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 the room um, is called first presence chamber. And then once you walk through the first presence chamber, there's another chamber, second presence chamber, and then king's audience chamber, and then king's drawing room, and then there was the king's bedroom. And if you weren't important enough, you would have never made it past the first presence chamber with God. There were no levels, actually. No one, no one had access to the Holy of Holies on their own. No one could go in to be with God on their own. The veil outside of the Holy of Holies, the veil outside of the holy place, the, the, the place where you washed, the place where you sacrificed, and the, 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 the entrance, the tent outside, they were all effectively do not enter signs. Because even as God lived amongst his people, God had to withdraw from his people because he wanted to protect us. Because his glory, his holiness would have consumed us. His righteous wrath would have consumed us. It was, they were all there for our protection. I wonder what you think of your sin. Your sins. Little lie, little envy, little gossip, little porn, little arrogance, little deceit, little anger, little worship of money, little worship of success. 
little rebellion against God? Do we know that all these are rebellion against this holy God? That what we deserve is death. That sin is not trivial. That what killed God's son, we should not take lightly. Then, also think of the access. Access we have, uh, we have to God. Whenever we pray, we go into the Holy of Holies. Whenever we pray, we're in the middle of God's presence. And that is a privilege, as Peter said, won by Jesus Christ. God listens to everybody in his mercy, but only way that you would definitely have, for sure, have an audience with God is if you pray in Christ. If you are in Christ, you can approach the Holy of Holies in Christ with his sacrifice and in him. We have that incredible access because of Christ. But before we go into all the privileges as well, let's just review of how far we've come in Exodus. We heard the story of God's rescue of Israel and then how he led them into the desert, gave them food and drink, then God gave them the law and made this covenant and God ate with them. And God then decided to live in their midst, but his glories are veiled. They could not see any of it, even as God lived in their midst. And this was the case with the rest of the Old Testament, except the tabernacle, which is essentially a tent, as you, as you see, will change into the temple when they enter into uh, the, the promised land. And when st- the space is permanent, uh, the tent will become a temple, which is twice as big, but essentially the same structure. Throughout the Old Testament, though, I mean, and this whole thing said, God is in your midst, but you do not have full access to God. But throughout the Old Testament, though, there were prophecies of a time when things would be different. This is Jeremiah chapter 31, 31 to 33. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the, uh, by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. A different time was coming. There were whispers of how God himself would come and live among us in places like Ezekiel chapter 34. And then in the New Testament, something changes dramatically. If you open up to the Gospel of John in the first chapter, you would hear these words. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. John here, that, ma- that word made his dwelling, that's not a Greek word. Uh, even though he's writing in Greek, he's borrowing the Hebrew word for tent. Literally what it says is the word became flesh and he tented among us. He tabernacled among us. Jesus was God God's glory came and lived in him, and he lived among us, and whoever saw him saw the glory of God, the fullness of God himself. And his life 
and death and resurrection. His life and death made the physical tabernacle, physical temple, not necessary. Remember how the Holy of Holies was separated by that veil. The curtain that was pegged to the ground when Jesus died, Mark records, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. It was torn top to bottom. The separation was no longer necessary because our sins are now paid for. What that means is that God could really live among us, that we could have access to this living God. And then Jesus goes to heaven and he sends us his Holy Spirit. And Paul says, we are now the temple. 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, that God's spirit dwells in your midst? We are the temple of God. We are that tabernacle. We are that veil of blue and purple and scarlet. We bear the, the, the color, the image of the king. We are the gold and silver. We are the brilliance of God. We are the peace of heaven here on earth. Many of you have seen uh, the Sistine Chapel uh, in Rome. The main attraction there is the ceiling where Michelangelo has painted the whole Bible from creation all the way to the, the Last Judgment. And if you go there, you know, you sort of walk around like this because you are looking up and you bump into people because this is what happens. Yorkminster Church in England has done this brilliant thing to prevent this from happening. Rather than people having people constantly look up, what they did was they've installed a mirror on the eye level. So instead of having to look up all the time, you could just look down because the ceiling is reflected down there. So you could look down and see the reflection. Glories of heaven reflected down on earth. Friends, it's incredible, but that's what we are. We are the peace of heaven here on earth. For the world to see, we are the tabernacle. We are the reason why Jesus came and lived and died so he could remove every single veil, every single sign that said, do not enter. This is why he rose again and returned to the Father so he could send us his Holy Spirit so he could live in us, write his, uh, write his laws in our hearts. He died and rose again so he could live in us. He could really be in the midst of us. That's why the church is here, to be the visual reminder for the world of what heaven is like, what heavenly kingdom is like, what God is like by the way that we live, by the way that we treat each other, by the way we love one another. Sure, we're imperfect. And God's glory is often obscured by our sins and only in the new creation, when Jesus comes back, we will see the fullness of God's glory in and through us. But we don't have to, and we shouldn't have to wait until the new creation. The world shouldn't have to wait until the new creation to see God's glory through us. Because God's law is written in our hearts already. 
God lives in us already because we can pray already. We have that access to the Holy of Holies already because in our hearts, God lives in us. We can be brilliant now. We can shine now and we can reflect him now and we can bring that heaven down to earth now as we live with God, as we live in obedience to him and praise and thanksgiving to him. Let's pray. Lord, we we thank you for the tabernacle, the visual illustration of how you came to live in our midst. Lord, we are sorry for all the sins that we commit day after day, time after time. But we thank you that you've sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us that we might live with you and help us now to be your tabernacle, to be your temple, not just for our sake, but for the world's sake, that they might see your glory in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.